0: Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now, I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you, too, can live a balanced and fit life Free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the BFF, that's Balanced Fit and Free podcast. This is Ray Ann, and I'm so happy that you're here. This week, I want to discuss something that when it was brought to my attention, really helped me during my weight loss phase years ago. And now I like to use it with all of my nutrition clients. But before I tell you more, I want to ask you a really big favor. I hate to ask for favors and it's a little uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you have not rated or reviewed this podcast, will you maybe please do that? If you have an iPhone, it's super-duper easy to go right to the podcast app and click on my podcast. It will give you options to rate and review. I really want to keep doing this podcast, but unfortunately, it's really not getting as many listens as I was hoping for. So if you find any value at all in this podcast, please, please help me keep it going by rating, reviewing, and also sharing it with your friends and family. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope that I can continue bringing you lots of good information. So let's move on to today's uh, episode. We today are going to be talking about trigger and buffer foods. What are they and how do you know and why does it matter? Okay. So first up, let's discuss trigger foods. Trigger foods are those foods that can lead to cravings later or are easy to overeat in the moment these trigger foods are usually high in sugar, fat, or salt and or alcohol. We've all heard the term, you can't just eat one, right? This is referring to Lay's potato chips. That was one of their marketing campaigns years ago, but most people remember it. Well, a trigger food is just that. It's something that you can't just eat one. Okay. Or it may lead to eating other things. I think it's important to point out here that companies actually spend millions of dollars every year trying to create foods that you can't stop eating. Like this is for real. They spend millions of dollars to figure out what people will need to keep eating more and more of. They research palatability, okay? Palatability or palatable foods are foods that you just, you know, or desire or taste great, Okay. The palatable foods have the combination of salt, trans fats, and sugar. When you eat this combination, we actually desire, it's an actual chemical reaction in our body. We desire to eat more, even if we aren't hungry. The most palatable foods engage our full range of senses too. It smells good. It looks good. It has a good texture or filling in your mouth and so on. In his book, The End of Overeating by David Kessler, he tells about a conversation he had with a food executive, the executive who needed to remain unnamed to protect his job and really his identity because he didn't want anyone to know he was giving up this information. Okay, he said that the food industry creates dishes to hit the three points of the compass, and those are sugar, fat, and salt because this makes food compelling. Okay, they, meaning the sugar, fat, and salt, make the food high in hedonic value, which gives us pleasure. Okay? So in a way, if you're really struggling to stop eating a certain food, okay, if you're addicted to a certain food, it's not your fault. It's the companies who are trying to get you to spend more money. It's their fault. Okay? But the cool thing is that once you know this, you can start to make better choices around what food you decide to snack on. Ultimately, you're the one that decides what you buy and what you put in your mouth, okay? There are a couple of other ways to look at trigger, trigger foods. Trigger food um, could also be diet foods, okay, such as artificially sweetened cookies or other snacks. They may trigger you to eat more later. By the way, this is really true with all fake sweeteners. They can cause you to want more food later or more sugar later. One reason these are trigger foods is because you go into the snack thinking, oh, it's low calorie. Oh, it's low carb. It's low fat. It's low whatever. So you give yourself this mental go ahead, right? You give this like, this, like signal. It's like, oh, just go for it. And you may overeat the food. Most times probably you'll overeat the food. And artificial sweeteners may play another trick too. Research suggests that they may prevent us from associating sweetness with caloric intake. Like our body can taste it, but it's not getting anything from it. So as a result, we may crave more sweets, okay? Tend to choose more sweet food over nutritious food and probably gain weight, okay? I remember, and you might too, um, back in the day when snack wells came out, They were fat-free, so we were eating them with no boundaries. They were easy to eat because they were delicious, and since they were fat-free, they were like a go-to snack. I wish I knew then what I know now. It probably would have saved me lots of calories and lots of pounds. Trigger foods can also be foods that hold emotional memories for you. We have preferences for certain foods based on what experiences we have had in our past. These experiences give an emotional charge to certain foods. For example, I have a very fond memory of sunbathing with my mom in our backyard while eating M&M's, peanut M&M's, and drinking Diet Pepsi. And we would read stupid magazines. She would be reading those like trashy novels. And I was like flipping through like self-magazine and shape because even then, even though I was downing some peanut M&M's, I was reading all about fitness. So now I love Diet Pepsi and I love Peanut M Ms. I'm not sure if it's because of the memories and how they make me feel, or if I just like the taste. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but I can't help but think my th- ugh, I can't help but think of my mom. Sorry, I got a little tongue twisted there. When I have the Peanut M Ms and Diet Pepsi, oh, and I love them together. So even if I have a sip of Diet Pepsi, I almost immediately. Crave peanut M Ms or vice versa. This is a trigger. Okay. By the way, sunbathing while freebasing peanut M Ms is not a very healthy activity, but it sure was fun. (laughs) So now, I want to give you some of my personal trigger foods. Okay, just to give you some examples. After learning the term trigger foods, I decided to start really paying attention to my food intake and take note on what exactly made me want to eat more, which is a good idea anyway, right? Awareness and attention to what and why you're eating is probably the most important thing that you can do. Like hands down, most important, everything else I teach you doesn't matter until you have awareness, okay? And that's why that's the very first module in my 12-week program is all about awareness and attention and learning, okay? So right off the bat, here I'm, I'm giving you examples, I have to tell you that my number one trigger is a cookie, Okay, cookies are major trigger food for me. Oreos, especially, are a big one. And and the funny thing is, like I think they're great, but there's just something about them. If I have just one of these cookies, I can't stop eating them. Oh, and that made me think of another cookie. Um, the Girl Scout Thin Mints, another example. Okay. Either an Oreo or a Thin Mint. If I have one, next thing I know, I've consumed eight or nine, or 10, or more a whole sleeve of these cookies. Also, my own chocolate chip cookies are a major trigger and always have been. If I make cookies these days, I make them gluten-free and lower sugar, but I also only make a little bit of dough so that I'm not tempted to eat them all in one sitting. So part of it is self-control, and the other part is I've created a recipe that isn't gonna give you the same reaction as a packaged cookie, okay? Okay, hey, and if you want that recipe, let me know. Tortillas, or not just tortillas, but tortilla chips actually, are also a very big trigger for me. If I start to eat them, I have a very hard time stopping, even if I'm super full. When I first went gluten-free, I took some time to just eat gluten-free and not worry so much about how much I was eating or if it was healthy. I was already totally overwhelmed, as it was, so I let myself off the hook for a couple of weeks and just ate. I didn't worry about it. I just decided to just focus on any food that I could have that was gluten-free. Well, tortilla chips are gluten-free most of the time. You got to check. But the amount of tortilla chips that I was eating is actually a little embarrassing. And it was just obscene. But I just couldn't stop eating them. And like I already said earlier, Diet Pepsi and or peanut M&Ms are also a combina- a trigger food for me and especially the combination. And it's funny because I do notice I'm so super aware of my emotions and um, how I am around food because I spent many years examining and learning and paying attention that I notice now if I'm feeling sad or lonely or missing somebody or just whatever, I crave immediately peanut MMs and and a diet Pepsi. Isn't that interesting? Um, so I'm sure you have a thing like that too, but do you know what it is? Okay. I hope that you can see what I mean by trigger foods and why they are such a big part of eating behavior. One area I didn't really cover a lot is alcohol. And that can also be a trigger because it may trigger you to eat other foods or just not care what you're eating. So you have to really, you know, everybody's different, but but just notice your behavior um, when you do drink alcohol. Okay. And hopefully you're not drinking so much that you can't notice your behavior. <laughs> Hey, if you're drinking so much you never can notice your behavior, probably you shouldn't be drinking so much. Just, Just saying. All right. Next, let's discuss buffer foods. A buffer food, okay, on the other hand, is a food that when included in small amounts or before a typical time of craving, can actually lower your cravings and help you feel more satisfied from a meal or snack. Buffer foods are great for someone who is trying to lose weight or maintain weight. If you are someone who diets a lot and feels like they're missing out on favorite foods, then using a buffer food could be the answer. Instead of just eating whatever you want anytime you want, you strategically place these foods into your meals so that you don't feel deprived, okay? Some examples are a small square of really good dark chocolate, some nut butter, like maybe peanut butter or almond butter, um, a chocolate protein shake, a small amount of strong cheese, such as blue cheese or feta cheese, uh, maybe a coffee or a tea, just a sprinkle of nuts on a salad, something like that. Most, most of these foods that I just listed, nut butter, chocolate, um, cheese, coffees, you know, like those are things you, if you have too much of them, you know, are going to definitely sabotage your results. But when included into your your day or into your meals in small amounts they can really give you a ton of satisfaction and that taste but not you know overdoing it can help you reach your goals. I personally use dark chocolate as a buffer food and usually at night. I love sweets. I just do. And instead of suffering through my cravings for chocolate, I've found that if I just have a small piece of chocolate that I can really savor, It really helps. And so I have this, you know, most nights actually. And you know what? It hasn't affected my results and it satisfies my desire for a sweet, okay? Instead of eating around things, I just enjoy the thing I want in a very moderate um, amount, okay? And I got to be honest, lately, you know, I'm thinking about it. I don't think I've even had any chocolate this whole week Um, because – I've, I've started a new thing. is not really a new thing, but I've been upping my carb at night at my last meal of the night. I'm having more carbs than normal and it is amazing how much it's preventing me from having any sugar cravings at all. So that's just something to think about. Another one of my buffer foods is my coffee creamer. I use a sugary coffee creamer every day. I love the flavor. I love the emotional charge of sitting with my husband in the morning, and I don't really care that it's not healthy. I feel totally satisfied with just one good sweet and creamy cup every day. Okay? I love that cup of coffee, and I love having a fun mug. So I have like a handful, like five or six mugs that I just love. We have probably a 100, probably ridiculously. We probably have 50 or more. Um coffee mugs, but I have like five that I love to rotate and something about a creamy cup of coffee in that, in one of those mugs sitting in my chair with my one pillow, I have this pillow put on my lap. I just love it. It's Like the whole experience and it's an experience and I'm not going to stop doing it. Okay. If anyone ever told me you can never have coffee creamer again, I would tell them to shut up. <laughs> so there you go. So I will never tell you that either, <laughs> by the way. All right. So, but here's the thing. Almost every day I get up after finishing that cup of coffee and I always, I will just always, I always want another cup, but I've learned that on the days that I go ahead and have that second cup, I never finish it because it's either too sweet or it's just too much. Okay. So I know now that really, I just want that one good solid cup of coffee. Okay, and that also reminds me that in the book End of Overeating that I was telling you about earlier, I learned that we do have a bliss point. Okay, when it comes to sweetness and saltiness, as more sugar is added to a beverage, for example, the bliss point is met up until a certain point before the satisfaction or bliss starts to reduce. For beverages, that point is 10%, whatever that means. <laughs> okay. Drinks containing more sugar than 10% generally taste too sweet and we won't enjoy them as much and may start to feel kind of sick. Okay. The same is for salty foods, but that threshold is much lower. It's much easier to over salt than to over sweeten food. Have you ever done that? Accidentally add too much salt to a recipe and you're like, it totally ruins it, right? It totally ruins it. You can't even take it away. So you always, if you are like to cook, remember, always start small with the, with the salt. A few other buffer foods for me personally are goat cheese. Okay. I love it in soups. I love it on salads, on my tacos, and my scrambled eggs. It's just, it's great. And I don't eat any other kind of dairy. So that is kind of a treat to me. Egg yolks are another buffer food. And so I just want to say here, I'm not against egg yolks at all, right? Like you can eat your eggs with egg yolks. I'm not saying that, but I have found personally that I do better On lower yolks. So if I just usually eat one, okay? So the difference to me taste-wise between whole eggs and egg whites is pretty big in my opinion. Eating egg whites is a great way to up your protein, but adding in at least one yolk really ups the satisfaction and flavor profile totally on your eggs, okay? So again, like I said, like maybe you're like, why do I, What is she telling me to eat egg whites? I'm like, no, I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying that To have a low-calorie, low-fat, high-protein option, egg whites are awesome, but they're not super, super satisfying taste-wise to me. They might be to you, but so just adding that one yolk is really awesome. That's a buffer food for me. Now, also for me, a glass of wine is great. It's a great buffer for me. If I'm watching other people drink beer, which I totally love, but try not to drink because of the gluten... I can have a glass of a really good wine and feel totally satisfied, not left out, and just just happy, okay? But it's important to note that trigger and buffer foods are very individualized. A trigger food for one person may be a buffer food for another. You really have to pay attention to your own situation to know. So remember I mentioned that food has an emotional charge? Well, even if a food is super healthy, it could be a trigger food for you just because of the emotional charge, and you could overeat any food, okay? Overeating is overeating, whether it's healthy food or not. So just still even being aware of that. For some people, drinking a glass of wine may actually trigger eating more food in general. So drinking wine wouldn't be a good option as a buffer for these people, even though it works for me. Okay, for some people, adding coffee creamer to their coffee may trigger them to drink too much coffee or to crave other sweets with their coffee. So it would not be a good buffer food, even though it works for me. Okay, so now it's your turn. Take a moment to think about your trigger foods and what could be your buffer food instead. Okay, your trigger foods, figure that out and then be like, well, what could I do instead? That would be your buffer food. Do you have a food that you can't stop eating? What is it? And why do you do this? Is it because of the palatability of the food or because of an emotional response? Is the food really worth it? And is that food preventing you from making progress in your physical goals? Once you know what you're dealing with, it will be easier to make decisions. Once you realize how your trigger foods are making you respond, then you have the power to decide whether or not to include them or to even buy them in the first place. Okay? So I hope you found this helpful. It's these types of things that can really open your eyes to your current actions and help you close the gaps of where you are now and where you want to be. Also, having a coach on your side is an amazing way to get results and to look at food and exercise differently. And by the way, I am opening up a few spots for one-on-one coaching I've had a few people just finish up some round, their rounds of one-on-one coaching, so I have a few spots opening up. If you think you're ready to take action and get help along the way, please contact me to schedule your free consultation to see if we'd be a good fit to work together. I hope this was helpful. Take care, and I'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced, fit and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot.